Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Get ready to uh, move forward. I'm believing this year and 2020 is going to be the biggest year that God has for Freedom Church. And I had a, I had a meeting with the mayor about, a, like I was sharing, there's a tree that we need to move in the property that, uh, that they missed in the beginning in. So that's kind of delaying the whole process. So we got the submission for that. So now we've got to talk to the other council members. So pray that we have favor with that so we can move that. And also thank you guys also for praying and believing for contractors. If you don't know of any contractors, let myself know. Let Wade know. We're taking bids and we're believing and praying. Praying for God to do amazing things. Can, can I have you guys pray for one thing for me that's extremely important? How many of you guys know Pastor Hashmat? Man, we love Pastor Hashmat. We support him. We support him in prayer. Uh, this past week, uh, he had to tell you he has pneumonia. He had a slight heart attack, and he's been in the hospital. And uh, we just got word. I uh, reached out to Sonia and to Lee and to myself and his family that he is uh, being put in critical condition right now because uh, just a small portion of his lungs are working. But we serve a God who's a miracle working, who's a healer. How many of you guys know we, we need to support? Our pastor who's in one of the toughest areas in, in Pakistan, man, standing in the gospel. And one of the things that we believe is prayer. God's plan for this church is not just about but for the world. So can you agree with me right now in prayer that God does a miracle and raises him up and the breath of life is, is breathing to Pastor Hashmat's lungs. So let's pray right now. I mean pray. Let's pray for him. He's our brother. Father, we come before you right now. Your word says that we can boldly approach your throne room in our time of need and you extend to us grace and mercy. And right now, Lord, we lift up Pastor Hashmat before you, God. We pray, God, over his heart. We pray over his lungs. We pray that his lungs right now would be awakened and quickened that the ruach the breath of God would flow into his lungs right now heal him Lord even this time we believe in prayer God we are people of prayer and fasting and God touch our brother Jesus Lord you're not done with what you want to do there with him Jesus he's a servant of choice raise him up amen man I'm going to tell him how many guys will pray for him every day this week and we'll give you an update of what's going on okay let's let's lift up our brother and just continue to lift them up and this morning, we're continuing our series, Do Even Lift? And for those of you who, that work out, there's nothing more dreaded than the two words, leg day. Oh, those two words can literally send shrivers down your back. And I think there are uh, scientific explanations to why people tend to hate leg day. There are over 50 muscles in your legs, and when you train your legs, you're not just working out your legs, but your entire body is getting taxed. Training legs, it's a lot harder than training your biceps or your chest because it's a lot bigger muscle. And I think there's psychological uh, reasons that people don't like leg day as well. For the most part, your legs are hidden in your jeans. Your legs aren't show muscles like your biceps or your chest or your abs. Or everybody say, oh, that's a sick, sick back. I didn't say that. They're rarely exposed. So people tend to ignore leg day, especially men. And every once in a while, you'll see these men with huge upper bodies and skinny little legs and their body shape screams, I can beat you up, but I can't chase you. How many of you guys ever met somebody like that? Over the years, there have been many memes making fun of people who skip leg day. Here's some of the memes I want you to see. First one is this, tag a bro who skips leg day. How many of you guys know this guy? He's in your gym. Number two. Is this friends don't let friends skip leg day? Wow. This next one's going to be shocking to you. X-Men don't let other X-Men skip leg day. Hugh Jackman skips leg day. (laughs) 
He looks ripped, but no legs for Mr. Jackman there. I, I, this one is crazy. No leg, no day is leg day. Man, his forearms are bigger than his thighs. And this is my favorite one of all. This is how guys look when they skip leg day. This morning, we're continuing our series, Do Even Lift, with a message titled, Don't Skip Leg Day. And to be honest, I often skip leg day until I started working out with Javi, or how he now calls himself, Pepe, a couple months ago. And when you work out with Pepe, every day is leg day. This is me the day after leg day, every time I work out with him. You guys can relate to this. You're like, <laughs> Well, even though I don't like day, leg day, research shows that there are great benefits to working out your legs. Leg day helps you uh, lose weight, tone your core, improve your balance, and it strengthens all other lifts. Because most leg exercises are compound movements that engage several muscle groups. And when I think of leg day, man, it reminds me of the story I'm going to share with you this morning. Honestly, it's the least favorite story that I have in all the Bible. Yet it's one of the most challenging and life-changing stories that we can apply. If we would apply this story to every area of our life, we would see incredible benefits in our spiritual life, in our marriages, in our careers. I wish I could often skip over this chapter. But if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 13. As we look at the leg day passage of the Bible. Let me give you some background of what's happening here. This was just days before Jesus was going to die on the cross. It was one of his last moments with the disciples. He had been training for three years to take the gospel message everywhere. So he wants to leave one lasting impression in their mind. And you would think that he would do one amazing miracle. Or he would be able to give one last incredible teaching to leave an imprint in their mind that they will never forget. But what Jesus did is so counterculture. It is so shocking. It is so breathtaking. It takes everybody by surprise. So if you have your Bible in John chapter 13, verse 1, turn with me. Let, let's see what Jesus did. It was just days before the Passover. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he showed them the full extent of his love. Now go with me to verse 3. And Jesus knew that the Father had put, and I want you to circle, underline, highlight, smiley face, put all, all things, the words all things. He had put all things under his power. And that he had come from God and he was returning to God. And we don't fully understand what is going on at this moment. But John tells us just about 24 hours before Jesus would be crucified, he knew that God the Father had put all things under his power. And here's the question. What's your next move? What's the first thing that you do when it dawns on you that you're the most powerful person in the room? What's your next move when you're promoted to regional supervisor and all your people gather to find out what's the next plan, what's the next thing that you take? What's your next move and what's your speech when you finally get your dream job and you're the man and you're the lady and everybody is getting ready to do what you want them to do? Let me tell you, that moment will come for all of us. And for many of us, that moment will come over and over and over again and power can be an ugly thing it can, it's an ugly word to some people because we've seen teachers 
pastors, politicians, CEOs, even parents use their power to exploit others. But power doesn't have to be a bad thing. What if we used our power, our influence in the way that God intended? Look at the story and see what Jesus did when he realized that he was the most powerful person in that room. When God had put all things under his authority, it came to that epiphany in his mind. The next word is huge and it's found in verse 4. Underline this. So, in the moment that Jesus knew that all power had been placed under him, so he got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing. And this is powerful. This is symbolic here. The cloak was a symbol of authority. His rabbi, that he was a teacher. See, your cloak demonstrated and let everybody knew that rabbis wore a certain cloak. Teachers wore a certain cloak. People that were fishermen wore a certain cloak. So this cloak told everybody that you were a man of prestige and power and influence. And the Bible says that he took off his cloak and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And at this point, the disciples had to think, what in the world is Jesus doing here? He sheds his symbol of authority and he picks up a symbol of humility. He picks up a towel. See, Jesus put away his towel, his title, and he picked up a towel. And what he does is crazy in verse 5. After that, he poured out water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And the disciples at this point are absolutely flabbergasted. Verse 6 says this, He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Peter was like, time out. Jesus, I don't know if you understand that, but a couple chapters ago, those very hands, you used those hands, you touched the guy who was blind, and he saw. No, no, Jesus, like, like, wait a minute here. Jesus, do you remember not too long ago, you took, Five loaves of bread and two fish and you broke it and you fed 5,000 men with women and children. There could have been 15, 20,000 people there, Jesus. Like those, what those hands are used for. Now you want to put him in some nasty, filthy, fungus, furry feet and wash them? No, no, Jesus. No, 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 no. Chill out. And look what he says in verse 8. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Peter did not want Jesus to wash his feet due to pride. See, Jesus was his Lord and master. And Peter did not want to see his master in such a lowly position. Because here's why. To accept his leader in such a way would force him to follow that same example. He's like, Jesus, I'm not comfortable with this kind of leader because I'm not comfortable with being that type of leader to others. Because if you did that, I got to do that. Let me tell you about a servant. It was the... Most menial job there. Washing feet was the lowliest of tasks. It was a job reserved for the servant. And during those times, you would wear sandals, would be worn without socks. See, I spent an entire year in India planting a church. When I graduated Bible college in India, it's kind of a lot like the culture back in Jesus' times. People would wear sandals, and they'd take off their shoes before they would enter somebody's house. And in India, I saw some of the grossest feet in the world because they're always exposed. And here we were covering them with Nikes and shoes. But in India, you see, the shoe, you see everybody's feet. And here's the thing about India. Just like in Jesus' time, they share the roads with animals. And here's what I know about animals. Animals don't care where they use a the restroom. There's camels and elephants and cows and oxen. So the roads are full of animals. And people don't care where they step. So you would go down there and you would see feet that are full of all kinds of nasty they're smelly, full of animal stuff. They're callous. And most guys, even in our culture, 
even with a daily shower and fast acting to acting, still have stinky, nasty feet. The last thing, anything, the last thing a guy ever wants to do is clean another guy's feet. Man, it would be nasty to scrub some smelly, furry feet. Some of you guys know exactly what your feet smell like. And it's evidence that of the fall of man that you're a sinner, you know? <laughs> and yet Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And what does verse 1 say? He did this to show them the full extent of his love. And in this passage, Jesus is demonstrating to us a lifestyle that Christians should live by. How we should live our lives. The first thing that Jesus demonstrates to us is this. Don't skip the hard things. Serve others. It was the servant's job to wash the feet. But there wasn't a servant in that room that night intentionally. And none of the disciples wanted to take the job of a servant. So they just skipped it. It was like leg day. Nobody wants to do leg day. It's easy to look at the hard things and just skip them over and expect someone else to do them. Someone else will fast and pray for God to move in the church. Not me. I don't got time for that. Someone else will get here early to serve and pray and open up their house for life groups and serve and touch our preschool and come over here and serve the church. But, but you know what? I just don't have time in this season of my life. Someone else will get everything and give sacrificially so we can build the church and the church can not. But I just don't have time for that right now. So many times we just skip the difficult things. And it's kind of a mindset, especially in the West, according to Barna. 85% of churchgoers in America believe that the church exists to meet their needs, which is an unbiblical view. Jesus is demonstrating through his actions that Christianity is not, not about people serving you. It's about you serving others. We are not to be consumers, but contributors to building God's kingdom. Let, let me tell you something, Freedom Church. We as the church, man, exist for the world. The church does not exist for us. You've heard me say this. We're not a cruise ship waiting for people to serve us. Instead of a cruise ship mentality as a church, we're more of a battleship or a fishing boat. How many of you have ever seen the, the show Deadliest Catch? People aren't there to be entertained. They all have a job. They're on a mission, and they're happiest when that mission is accomplished, and they go crazy when the catch is made. And let me tell you about our mission. Our mission is to reach people who are far from God and provide an avenue where they can grow in faith. That's why we exist, so the name of Jesus Christ can be made great. We are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world. We are the legs that take the gospel to the nation. That's the mission of Freedom Church. We exist so that unbelievers and believers can be developed into fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And it's the hard things that make that mission come to And the only way that we're going to accomplish that mission is this. Is we've got to have this mentality. A mentality that says others first, me last. This is a very different than the way most people live. Most people live with a me-first mentality. We think our needs, our interests are more important than other people's needs. When we're in need and we look around, we say, man, why don't people help me? They're so inconsiderate. Can't you see how desperate I am here? Have you ever been stranded on the road and wondered, like, why somebody, nobody's helping me? Like, I'm just, they just pass me by like nothing. But you see somebody else stranded on the road, and we pass them by not even thinking twice about the needs that they're going through. So how does it look like when we live others first, me last? It's choosing to go last when you deserve to be first. It's doing the job that nobody else 
is willing to do, not because you have to, but because you choose to. It's washing feet. It's giving up the spotlight and the recognition that comes with the position instead of hogging it all for yourself in your job. It isn't natural. We don't automatically do this. It's a daily lifestyle choice that says, I'm going to live others first, me last. One of my favorite uh, quotes is by C.S. Lewis when he says this, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself last. And Jesus gave us this example. He says, okay, you want to follow me? You want your life to count? You need to be willing when you're the most powerful person, when you have all this influence, when you're successful to wash other people's feet. But to do that, to live with an others first, me last mentality, you got to do this. You got to learn to give up your rights. The third thing, this is what Jesus did. Look, look, look at verse 3. He knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Jesus is the God of the universe. He spoke the world into existence. Angels are at his command. In heaven, the nations worship him. The angels cry out, holy, holy, holy. And he gave up those rights to wash stinky feet. Now, what's challenging for us, Freedom Church, is we live in a culture in a day that challenges us to stand up for our rights and to demand all we get. We live entitled. This is how we live. We say, you owe me. You owe me a certain type of service in a restaurant, and if I don't get it, I get mad. How many of you guys have been there? I've been waiting this long. I'm mad right now. I paid for this. I'm owed this. Somebody cuts us off in traffic, and it ticks us off. How dare they get in my lane and not think of me? I struggle with entitlement. The other day, I was in line at HEB, and this person just cut in front of me. How dare they do that? I'm so ticked. I was mad. They made me a whole two minutes late to where I was going. I can't even give up my place in line and my spot on the road. And yet Jesus gave up heaven for me. When Jesus owed me nothing but hell and judgment, he died on the cross and conquered death for me. And it's not until you've grasped that that you'll have a sense of entitlement. It's not until you realize that Christ gave up his rights for you that you start to give up your rights for others. I told you this is a tough chapter to really digest. So what what is Jesus telling us? He's saying this, that if you're really going to be my people, if you're really going to make a difference, if you're going to be this last point, if you're going to be able to be the church that I called you to be, this is what you need to do. He's saying that you must look for opportunities constantly to serve others. That's where we're supposed to live. I want you to dream with me. What what, what, What would it look like if at Freedom Church people came in not looking to get their needs met, but what if we came in every Sunday looking to meet the needs of others? What would that look like? Like, like, what if next Sunday 50 people came to Freedom Church with the sole intent of giving money away? They came, you know what, I've done my budget, and I'm going to find somebody who's in need. I'm going to give away 50 to $100. I'm going to pray by faith. I know God's blessed me financially, and I'm going to be led by the Spirit, and I want to give a hallelujah handshake to somebody right now, and I want to bless them. How many of you guys know people want to be part of that church? What if another 50 people didn't want to just bless somebody? What if another 50 people came to church with the exclusive purpose of just praying for somebody and encouraging them? 
said, man, you just look around, and you're not just looking about your needs, but you're looking, man, that person seems like they're going through a lot. It looks like they need encouragement. You came with your spiritual antenna up, and he says, how can I pray for you? I want to let you know God has a plan for you. And then you text him every week, and he said, I'm just going to encourage you. I'm going to pray for you. What if 50 people did that? And that, what if another 50 people came in, and they said this, when I come to church, my goal this week is I'm going to find somebody that can serve them in a practical way. In other words, I'm going to see if I can meet a need in their life. I know they got a lot of kids. I'm going to watch their kids for a date night, and I'm going to give them a little gift card to go watch a movie. How awesome would that be? Or how awesome would it be if somebody would come in, and I'm going to invite somebody over for dinner. I just want to bless them. Or you know that somebody's having car challenges, and you're pretty pretty mechanical. You know, I want to invite you over. Let me help you change the alternator on your car. What if we did that? What if every week people came thinking with the thought, how can I meet other people's needs? Let me tell you what would happen. Man, there would not be a building that we could build in Round Rock. There would be not enough services that we could host for a church that would think and live like that. And what Jesus is telling us is this is how I want you to live. I want you to leverage your influence. I want you to leverage your resources. I want you to leverage what I've given you for my kingdom by serving others because that's how my church is built that's what he's telling us he gave us the ultimate example and what if it wasn't wouldn't stop there but it would go to every area of our life last week uh, after service i asked jennifer after the bench press contest i said babe would you been impressed about a bench 325 like javi you know she told me I'd be more impressed if you just lifted the toilet every time you peed. (laughs) And all the ladies say, amen. I was like, ouch. But it's the little things that make the biggest difference, isn't there? Serving our spouses in the littlest ways. This week, what if we look for opportunities to serve our spouses? What if we did things we would never normally do? What if we said, babe, why don't you just go get a Manny and Petty and I'll watch the kids today. I'll get some Chick-fil-A. You just do your thing. What if we vacuumed the house without them even asking us? What if we had finally finished that project? What if it wouldn't stop at our houses? And what if it went into work? That we looked at our jobs and we saw somebody was overwhelmed and having a hard time getting things done. And we stayed late after work to help them finish the project. Or if you're a student, what if you had a classmate that has been sick and you took notes for them, you copied them, and you you gave them the notes so they can keep up with school. Let me tell you this. Serving is very simple and practical. And this is my heart, Freedom Church, as your pastor. I want to be known as a church who serves its city, serves its families serves its people because that's the last impression that jesus gave us tommy barnett one of my heroes says this if you want to build the kingdom of god he says you got to look for needs and meet them and i want the city our county to look at our church and say that's a church that meets needs and i'm so thankful that god is beginning to do that i'm so thankful that the city sees freedom church with a church like that i'm so county i'm so county I'm so thankful that the county looks at us as a people that would want to serve the community. I told you last year that Judge Larson asked us to host classes, classes mentoring kids 
and parents that are at risk because he has seen all our work in the community service and all that we've done at the Williamson County Juvenile Detention Center. He told me, Benito, I know that Freedom Church is not just a church of words, but it's a church of actions. I want to start a ministry called Three Strands that would help mentor at-risk families and rejoining families that are at risk. Would you help them? And we said, yes. This ministry will consist of, of people that will, are coming through some difficult situations. They are court-ordered to go through classes. We'll, we'll teach them parenting practicality, but we'll also teach them the, uh, the gospel. And what an opportunity the county is giving us to serve hurting families. And the goal of this is to see families restored. Many of these families have been separated because of legal issues. Let me tell you, Freedom Church, because if you're giving in your faithfulness, we've already purchased Bibles for them. We're providing meals. We have mentors that are signed up. It's not easy to be mentors, but I want you to give it up for these mentors that men came on a Saturday. Give it up for Kip and Anita Wilson, Pam Mullen, Reshmi Johnson, Ambi, part of this. And tonight at 5 p.m. Freedom Church, we will be launching Three Strands Ministry, and we are going to serve these people. But man, if you want to come and you want to help, and we're going to make, we need help baking some potatoes and serving the food at 5 o'clock. Talk to myself, talk to Sonia. We could use some help. But this is what God wants us to do. We cannot just say, oh, there's needs right there. We got to actually put our legs into action and do the work. Another need that was brought to my attention was by the Agape Pregnancy Center. We can say that we're against abortion, but I don't want to just say we're against abortion. I want to say we're for people. And we want to love people. And they come up to and they say they said they need churches to host classes for women that were considering abortion. And instead, they decided to keep the baby. These women will need support groups that will help them. And when Three Strands is over, we are wanting to start classes with Agape. We need to provide teachers and the meals and workers. And let me tell you, we need people who are full of grace and the love of Jesus because these people are coming from messy situations. So if you're legalistic and you don't love people, we don't want you around them. We need some people that love like Jesus, care like Jesus, are going to be Jesus. We're going to open our arms to them and we're going to start these classes and we're going to say we're for you. Jesus is for you. Jesus cares about you. We want to be a church that serves the city that's our heart and last week sammy joe and our team met with williamson county juvenile detention center they said benito i love everything that's going on at freedom church and they love it but we, we want you to be more involved I'm like when the detention center says we want you to be more involved we got to be more involved so we met with them they, 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 they want more events they want more mentorship and i said yes let's do it so March, their, their next event is going to be called March Madness. We need men that are going to play basketball. We need to cook meals for these kids. We need to pour into these kids. We need to love these kids. Some of these kids are fatherless and broken, and we need to be the hands of Jesus, and we need to wash their feet. When I planted this church, this is what the Lord put in my heart. I don't want to just be a gathering of people, but I saw a church where the walls come down. And legs are activated. And they go to the broken, hurting parts of the city. And we say, Lord, we're not just here to tell you Jesus loves you. We're here to show you that Jesus loves you. Give me a towel. I want to wash your feet. See, Freedom Church, one day I believe that we'll build a freedom center that will provide services 
for the community. We'll teach English as a second language. We're going to teach job skills for people that are needing jobs. We're going to provide shelter for kids aging out of the foster care. But God won't give us a freedom center if we don't meet the needs right now. We can't say just give, Lord God, you're providing opportunities right now. Lord, make us a church that doesn't sleep. God, may the greatest work not be done on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. And Sunday, we're going to celebrate how we are using us throughout the week as we pick up a towel and we say, God, we're going to wash feet. The only way that we make a difference is by serving others. Because it's only when we forget about ourselves that we do things others remember. It's the example of Jesus. Look at verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he had put his clothes on and he returned to his place. As a pastor, I love the Bible. I have a hard time when people take shots at the Bible. Of course, people who take shots at the Bible, they never read it. They never studied it because the Bible is so amazing and alive. And I want you to see the symbolism here. The text starts out with Jesus at the center of the table. All eyes are on him. He stands up. He sheds his cloak. He sits down with a towel around his waist. He goes from the highest place to the lowest place. And while he's at the lowest place, he cleans nasty, dirty feet, and he makes it clean. And when he's finished cleaning the filth of his disciples, he goes back to the highest place and assumes center attention again. This is the gospel. And what Jesus did for us, Jesus, the ruler of heaven, he was the highest place. He shed his authority. He shed his rights. He came down and became a servant, and he made us clean. And he's, he's once again at the center of all attention. So in every story, in every place, the gospel is everywhere. Look at verse 13. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. For that is what I am. Now... I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. And look what he says, and you should wash the, one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And what Jesus is saying is the day is coming, guys, when you're going to be rock stars. People will bring the sick Peter and they'll put it in your shadow and they, they'll want them to be healed. And I'm going to heal people through your shadow. Thousands of people will gather to hear you speak. Stadiums will be filled. But remember this night. Because the kingdom is not about you. Even though you'll try to make it about you. Even though people will try to make it about you. It's about me and it's about serving others. To be a Christian is to be a servant leader. Let me tell you Freedom Church. There's no such thing as celebrity Christianity. There's only servant Christianity. And here's my question for you. As we close. Will you live pursuing titles or will you pick up a towel? When you go to the gym, most places they give you a towel to sign up for. Because you're going to sweat, you're going to work hard, it's going to be tough. And when you sign up to follow Jesus with all your life, you pick up a towel. And you say, Jesus, as I pick up this towel, I am willing to do the hard things. Let me tell you, servant is like leg day. Nobody wants to do it. People don't always see the result. It's covered up. But what we do today echoes in eternity. But it's so hard to serve. Like, man, when we have an outreach, I'm going to skip that day. Ah, somebody else will do it. That three strands of ministries, I'll skip it. Pastor B is talking about serving the Williamson County Juvenile Detention Center, all those things. Man, I'll skip it. I'll skip it. I know the church doesn't need me. Building the church, sacrificially giving, I'll skip it. I'll skip it. But let me tell you, when we call a fast, I'm going to skip it this year. I don't really need it. I'm going to skip it. 
We need God every single time, every day of the week. And I'm so thankful for Freedom Church, for Dream Team members who have decided to pick up the towel and do the hard things that nobody sees. See, when I get up here and preach, I'm standing on the legs of faithful servants. Like, I'm just a show muscle. I'm just a little bicep. But I'm standing on the legs and the service of others. I think of our media team members like Willie Cartledge, this guy right here. That's a, it's a real shot. See, Willie never skips when it comes to serving. He picks up a towel every week. He spends countless hours preparing for our service. He prepares slideshows and videos. He's constantly coming and working in the sound booth and the media team. Many of you, he, he, I always say Willie's like the MacGyver of Freedom Church for those of you guys who are old enough. Many of you have family Christmas photos and Easter photos for the last several years. You have memories because once we go home and we enjoy our Christmas and we enjoy our Easter, Willie goes down there, he picks up a towel, he emails those, he uploads them, he gets everything ready so that he can serve this church family. Do you know that every week that we have ushers that come like Lewis and Don and Dave that pick up a towel and they get here an hour and a half early and they put out all the signs and they make all the chairs right. And they get here early when nobody's watching. And they pick up towels and they serve so everything can be set up for us to enjoy service. We don't see it. We don't see that they're lining up the, well, they, we don't see that the site, Dom, thank you for picking up a towel every week. I think of our kids' ministries. I think of Sonny and Melanie and Bree and Erica and Christina who come in and work hard and they pick up a towel every week and they serve and they get here early and they pour into our kids and they pray. And they just say, I'm not just going to give, a, I'm not just going to babysit. We're going to teach the gospel to them. We're going to provide lessons. We're going to create environments for them to share. I'm so thankful for people that pick up towels. Because the church is built when people say, I'm going to lay down my title and I'm going to pick up a towel. I'm thankful for our first impressions team. Let, let me tell you, every week somebody is walking in for the first time. Last week, somebody walked into church. They had not been to church since they were eight years old in a VBS. She was now 60 years old, and she came up to me after service in tears, saying, I feel so welcome. I'm so thankful that people are here. I'm so thankful. I'm, thank you. Do you realize, it? Daniel, thank you for getting up here every week and picking up a towel and serving here at Freedom Church. I'm thankful because the church is built when people pick up towels. A lot of times you see Pastor B, but let me tell you, this church is not built on me. It's not built on the worship team. We're the biceps. We're the show muscles. We're the abs. Yeah, we look good. Yeah. <laughs> but the real work is done with you. You're the legs that carry for the gospel. People tell me all the time, Benito, there's something different at Freedom Church. Like, God is moving in there. Like, I, I've been there, but there's something different. Like, I can't explain. There's a tangible difference. And you know why? It's because during the service, Jerry and Gracie and Sylvia pick up a towel and Michelle and they're in my room and they're praying and they're praying in the spirit and they're crying out for God to move in the services. We don't see it. 
We don't see their prayers. We don't see what's going on, but we feel it because God moves when people pick up towels. When they live out their faith. Do you realize, Freedom Church, that God is calling us to make a difference? God's kingdom is built when his servants put away their titles and they pick up their towels and they serve the love of Jesus. This morning, I'm going to challenge you to pick up a towel. If you're a Dream Team member, if you've joined any one of our services, I want you to go to guest services. Because for every Dream Team member, we want to give you a towel and say thank you for serving. And we want you to remember why you serve. Because let me tell you, when we forget the why we serve, everything else becomes inconvenient. And when you're inconvenienced with serving, you've forgotten the why. But when you remember the ultimate why, because Jesus did it. Jesus was inconvenienced. You think Jesus wanted to watch nasty feet? You think Jesus wanted to shed his authority? You think Jesus wanted to do that? And this title and this towel will remember the why. And if you haven't joined a dream team, we want to challenge you to join one of our dream teams. If you go outside, you're going to see this uh, tower out there. You can see all the places where you can serve and you can fill it out and turn it into a guest services. And as you sign up for a dream team membership this morning, we want to give you a title, a towel because God is calling us as Freedom Church not to skip leg day, but to serve and share the love of Jesus. Because let me tell you, the best is yet to come. God is getting ready to do amazing, incredible, powerful things. And for many of you, he's brought you in here to start that ministry. To take, to take that ministry to the next level. To do that next thing because he's put great, he's put his purpose, he's put his spirit in you, he's put gifts in you. And as we pick up towels, God's name is glorified. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.